everyone, welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, Year 2, where this year we're reading through and studying the entire New Testament, one chapter at a time. Thanks again for joining us in discovering God's plan and your part in it. Hey everybody, welcome to God's Plan, Your Part. Today we are in Matthew chapter 7, and today's chapter is really just focusing on a lot of just like life wisdom that Jesus is giving um, through his pretty lengthy, I would say, uh, teaching uh, that we've been talking about over the past three days. So chapter 7 is really diving into like some specifics of, like I said, life wisdom, talking about judgment today, talking about how to treat one another, making sure that you yourselves are um, within righteous standing before God, and I guess in a way, just how to make sure that you are and don't fall short of it. So what are some things that stuck out to you today, Ryan, specific things? Uh, I like, first of all, that you're calling out that this is a lengthy passage. This is the longest recorded sermon of Jesus, Mm -hmm. just like just for Bible trivia facts. Three chapters of sermon uh, is the longest chapters of sermon we get. And it actually kind of like rounds out the entire teaching in this chapter. So this is the end of it. This is the end of the Sermon of the Mount. Actually, I guess we'll talk about the actual end here in a second. But there's a lot of things in here that are super valuable. And I think the first thing that's super valuable because it's misunderstood so many times is very, very common uh, in our culture, in our age, uh, for people to believe wrongly that Jesus taught that you should not judge. You have no right to judge me. Only God can judge me. You at all? I think at, we need at to all, add period. those words. Yeah. So like, who, you're not the judge. God's the judge. Mm-hmm. That's that's not true. And a lot of times people will use uh, Matthew chapter seven to say, "Hey, you have no right to judge me. All you have to do is look at the first part of Matthew seven. So we're referring specifically through verses one to five. Uh, and it is it is very easy to misunderstand this. I think because if you just read it for face value. Um, And if you read it quickly, you'll think that Jesus is saying, hey, you shouldn't judge one another. You shouldn't judge each other. Even among believers, you shouldn't judge each other. Uh, But that's not what he says. Yeah. So when we look at verse five, that also stuck out to me as well, because I think I have fallen victim to, oh my word, I I basically like can't tell anybody that they're doing anything wrong because clearly I'm always doing something wrong. And of course, like that's our nature, unfortunately, our sinful nature. We are never in complete right standing with God unless we ask for forgiveness for our own sins and like clean up the stuff in our own life. However, um, verse five calls out what I kind of dance around sometimes because I think accountability and people holding you to a, a standard to help you along in your journey as well, like a community of believers is so looked down upon today because we've all fallen into that goofy saying, like, don't judge me. Don't tell me that I'm doing wrong um, or like that, that God should be the only one that tells me. Um, Verse five says, you hypocrite, first take out the log in your own eye and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So it doesn't just say don't judge other people. It says, hey, when you're like helping each other out in community, like growing in Christ together, make sure that like you're not calling out your brother for the XYZ sin in his life. If you've got other things going on in your own life that you're very aware of that you think are hidden and like not known because God ultimately knows the sins and uh, things that are holding us back from like right standing with him. So clean that up first, ask for forgiveness for your own sins, make amends with the people that you have sinned against, if anyone, um, and then help your brother with his sin. Yeah, I think verse five is pretty clear when it says, then you will see clearly, then you will see clearly. 
to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Still taking the speck. So something interesting that I've been learning about accountability, um, and this is, and it might seem a little bit cheesy, but it is valuable. Um, when you introduce accountability into your life, like your chances of success, your chances of growth increase like crazy. I was just reading over this study that said, um, if people make a New Year's resolution, resolution, <laughs> wow, words are hard. <laughs> if, if people make a New Year's resolution on January 1st, but they introduce no accountability, they don't tell anybody about it, they have a 1% chance of success by December 31st uh, in meeting their goal. But if they introduce somebody to hold them accountable and like regularly talk to them and push them and meet with them, they have a 96% chance of success by December 31st. It's insane. Like It's literally the opposite. So that it's powerful. It's powerful. I think too, when you don't allow other people in, there's almost like this weird pridefulness that comes along with it. Like, I'll just do it on my own. I don't need anybody else. And how often are we told that all the time? Like, you've got this. You can do it all by yourself. You don't need anybody. That goes into like direct contrast with what this is saying. Like, we need to be accountable to one another, um, but also remembering to keep our own our own stuff in check too. And I I kind of thought about this a little bit more, like when has this shown up in my own life? And I oftentimes think of some of the, the best wisdom that I've received from other people who encourage me through these things. Um, I, it is, it is most, I'm most receptive to their, um, judgment, if you will, or maybe not judgment. I don't know. That sounds silly. Um, to their critique or their constructive criticism of what's going on in my life when I respect them because I know that they are living a life or trying to live a life that is reflective of God and who he is. And I know that like they don't have these weird lingering sins that are like keeping them down too. Like I've been most receptive to those people. And when other people do try to come at me with like weird stuff where I know that they have got some crazy other things going on, I am much less likely to hear them out. So if you want to help people in their own walk, it's super important that you are making sure that your life is reflective of God and his plans as well. So moving ahead here in the chapters, there's this interesting, I think, like you get the picture that it is one sermon because he builds on points he's made before. If you look at verse 7 through verse 11, uh, it's this ask, seek, and knock passage that is like, ask mm-hmm. the Lord for the things you need. Seek him and you will find him. Uh, knock and the door will be open to you. I like the the final um, piece of that. If then you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? This goes hand in hand with what he was saying at the end of chapter six, saying, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. It's, it's essentially the same thing. But the idea is like God is a loving father. Remember that that's so important. And sometimes it's really hard for people who have not had good fathers to believe that. So mm-hmm. if that's you, I just want to mm-hmm. encourage you, like God is not like the dad that you knew who didn't look out for you. Um, God is a good father. He loves you. He cares for you. He provides for you. And when you seek him in his righteousness, when have we said that before? Probably yesterday. Uh, When you seek him in his righteousness, he'll give you everything that you need. It is true. I think, too, something that, again, is hard to wrap your mind around sometimes in today's society specifically um, is that we don't, I I guess, roles have been really, really um, attacked, I guess, like roles of mothers and fathers and 
um, family units, men, women, all the things. And I think sometimes when we hear these things of like, your father will provide these things for you or your heavenly father will provide and like keep you safe and what have what you need. Sometimes we really push against that. I know especially sometimes for women, it's really hard to hear that someone will provide for you because we have this like weird idea in our minds that, nope, I can do it. I can do it all by myself. I don't need anybody else to do it for me. I think that is very heavily pushed. But like what a relief to know that God within his plan for our lives has our backs always. Um, As long as we are asking for what we need within his will, he will always provide it for us knowing, kind of reflecting yesterday, knowing that we trust in him for the things that we need. So I think just rounding out chapter seven, probably there's, uh, there's this passage that I have really wrestled with. Like it's, it's kind of scary. I don't think it's meant to be scary. Uh, but if you look at verse 21, not everyone mm-hmm. who says to me, Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. That is like, whoo, I, I really hope that, that I don't stand in front of God and he's like, who are you? Well, I think it's it's telling, too, that that is coming right after the passage that's talking about false prophets and yeah. how like people that are not producing for the kingdom of heaven will be chopped down and thrown into the fire. Like we've heard that before um, or that it, I mean, that doesn't specifically call out here. It just talks about good fruit and bad fruit, but we've heard before in other passages about if you're not producing fruit for the Lord, like you will be chopped off and cut down. Um, <clears throat> so I, I don't think there's any mistake that is mentioned right after these false prophets and this false teaching. Cause even with what we heard yesterday um, when we were talking about, Jesus pretty much calling out the Pharisees and saying, like, those hypocrites over there um, who, you know, do their big lengthy prayers and want to be seen by yada, 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 preaching that this is what is right. Meanwhile, simultaneously living this life that is completely selfish and prideful. um, I think that goes pretty hand in hand. Yeah, it is like Jesus is kind of landing because this this is the end of the Sermon on the Mount then. Jesus is landing on do what I say, essentially. Mm -hmm. So I think this is one way for him, and he's going to double down on it with the story of this strong foundation, the wise and the foolish man building their houses. But the idea is like, hey, I'm not saying these things for just empty words. Like if you want to follow me, if you want to bear fruit, if you want to be a true prophet, you have to hear what I'm saying and do what I've said. You have to live a life that is built on these commandments. Uh, I think, I guess the thing that stands out to me is really wild is that these people are saying that they have prophesied in his name. They've cast out demons in his name. They've done mighty works in his name. And I guess the reason that gets my attention is because there's so many people that claim to do those things. Mm -hmm. And like, they seem like, you know, I, I have seen people in my own life, unfortunately, people that do those kinds of things. And it turns out like, oh, like who you are on the inside is very different than than what you're showing people on the outside. And so Jesus will build on this in his ministry, this idea that like it's not on it's not what's on the outside um, that really defines who you are. It's what's on the inside. Mm-hmm. And so if you do not have a right relationship with God, if you do not obey Christ's commandments, you are cast out. And it's really strong language. 
Um, but I think at the end of the book here in Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20, kind of the Great Commission, um, Jesus actually doubles down and says, go and baptize all nations in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and command them to to uh, obey my commandments, teach them to obey my commandments. So he's saying the same thing over and over, do what I say, do what I say, do what I say. Um, so <laughs> the, your part, I guess, is do what Jesus says. Like, don't be, don't be like the foolish man who builds his house on the sand. And then when the storms come, your whole life just crashes down. Mm-hmm. I would kind of piggyback off of that a little bit in that I think it's really important as believers that we really, um, I guess, just discern with yourself, obviously, but also with like leadership in churches and those types of things, um, or even just like things that you hear, people who claim to be Christians, um, we we need to be really aware of these like false prophets or people who are like claiming to do things in the name of Jesus simply for um unfortunately selfish gain or prideful reasons. Uh, I feel like that is very rampant in the church right now. Um and just be very discerning of the things that you are seeing, things that you are hearing um and really ask the Lord to to kind of guide your own heart as you are facing these things to be able to discern those those false teachings, narratives, prophets. We fall under that too. So discern what we are saying. And if you yeah. think we've said something that's not quite correct, you can reach out to us. You can tell us. You can call us out. That's okay. <laughs> uh, we will accept that. We will actually appreciate that, hopefully. Um, so if it seems like, well, I don't know, Ryan and Jenny, it seems like what you're saying is off a little bit. Let us know. Oh my goodness. Anyway, yes, that. Um, but then it's one thing that caught my like my attention here at the end, this final piece, um, in verse 28 and 29, the last two verses of the chapter, it's talking about how after Jesus finished like this whole great big sermon, uh, the crowds were really surprised by the fact that he was saying all these things because typically uh, it actually calls out the scribes. So it says, uh, for he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. So typically when scribes would teach or speak, they would be citing almost like like a like an academic paper. They'd be citing their rabbis who would be like this ultimate like authority under God. And Jesus wasn't doing that. He was just speaking out and like calling out God, which is really kind of cool. So this is like the first time. Well, I guess not the first time, like the second time. No, nope, maybe even third time because he was born. <laughs> he was born prophetically uh, when he was baptized. It was like this miraculous thing where all of the Trinity was present at the same time. And so this is one of the first times in his speaking that people are like, something's interesting about this guy. He's different uh, because he's not citing these rabbis. He's just speaking with authority, unlike anybody else. Um, So that was interesting too. kind of caught my attention as he has kind of like rolling himself out on the scene on this great big stage of all of these people who have something to say about God. If you think that is exciting, just wait until you see what he does in chapter eight. Oh boy. Uh, because he's going to establish even more who he is. Yeah. So the your part again for today is do what Jesus says. Don't do what we say. Do what Jesus says. Um, be obedient to him. Trust him for your salvation and enter his kingdom through the narrow gate. When he sees you, mm. he'll say, well done, my good and faithful servant, not depart for I never knew you. Uh, it is a little bit scary, but um I would challenge you like for extra credit for, for God's plan, your part, extra credit. Just read over again, chapter five to seven, read it in one sitting, read the whole sermon on the Mount, see what Jesus is up to and see how you can incorporate the truths that he is teaching into your own life. Uh, We'll be back again tomorrow with chapter eight. We'll see you then. 
Thanks for joining today's episode of God's Plan, Your Part. As always, please consider partnering with us as we are a listener-supported podcast that we hope to continue to grow with support from listeners just like you. We've made it super easy to partner with us, and you can support us by following the link in our show notes or our description. You can support us with as little as $3 a month. Every little bit of this helps so much, and we're so thankful for your support. With that in mind, here's today's reading. Matthew chapter 7. Judge not that you not be judged, for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take out the log from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take out the speck of your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is holy. And do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few." Beware of false prophets, who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes, or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits." Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority, and not as their scribes. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of God's Plan, Your Part. Don't forget, you can find us on just about every social media platform and YouTube. Let us know what you thought of today's episode, and if you have any questions, go ahead and post them there. You can also reach out to us directly at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. As always, if you don't have a Bible, or if you'd like to use the one that we use, uh, reach out to us via email, and we'll be happy to send one to you. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you again tomorrow.